0: In this podcast, a group of college students discuss their thoughts on headlines and stories surrounding the 2020 election. You'll hear student opinions alongside discussions based on a poll of college students from around the nation. Hi, my name is Micah, and this is 20 Cubed. Some highlights from the first Democratic debate included a confrontation between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, where she called him out for his history of working with segregationists. Marianne Williamson and her mysterious, ever-changing accent promised us a presidency where she would, quote, harness love. Andrew Yang spoke very little, but when he did, he made sure to mention his universal basic income policy. Finally. Julian Castro dominated the conversation on immigration policy and reform, in addition to outshining Beta O'Rourke's 10th grade Spanish skills in the process. Let's get into the poll WBRU conducted with College Reaction on July 1st and 2nd, right after the first Democratic debate. On the phone, I have Cyrus, founder of College Reaction, to help me analyze surprising finds from this first poll. I jump right in with a question about Joe Biden and his current lead. See that Biden and Sanders are still are still doing pretty well. They're polling pretty well, but both didn't seem to fare too well in the media post first debate. Do you see their numbers declining in the future?
1: I think with Biden again, just based off of this um, this hypothesis that name recognition is one of the key drivers um, for his popularity among among uh, college students and sort of that perceived electability. I think that. Um, I think that those are both sustainable drivers in the sense that they're not going to go away. People are going to keep knowing who Joe Biden is, and they're going to keep most likely uh, barring some sort of, uh, you know, insane gaffe, which I'm not saying is out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Those two things are going to sustain. But, for example, in the case of name recognition, there are going to be tons of candidates who are going to come into the mainstream conscious. Uh, nobody knew who Pete Buttigieg was, you know, a year ago. And obviously now he's risen to 10% with the college demographic who isn't necessarily always the most tuned in uh, to sort of the, the political blow by blow. So you could have candidates that are uh, grabbing more oxygen in the months to come and cutting into sort of that name recognition uh, sphere. But from there, um, you know, let's see, Bernie Sanders, he's been trailing just a little bit in the last in the last poll. So we have to see if that if that dip continues or if it, or if it starts to subside and he sticks around right near uh, Joe Biden. But if we just keep trusting the the trajectory, Elizabeth Warren is absolutely soaring. Um, So we might see her, you know, right now she's within the margin of error, of Joe Biden. We might see her surpass and We might see her um, sort of meet him at a plateau or we might see her, uh, see her trail off. I think it's really going to have to depend on, uh, on this next debate who cuts through the noise, uh, who gets out to college students in those media clips. Um, yeah, who really cuts in, uh, who cuts in and who makes waves in uh, the media cycle.
0: I was moved by some specifics in the poll we did, specifically Andrew Yang getting 11%. I, it was either of candidates you were most impressed by or candidates you want to learn more about, even though he spoke the least out of out of anyone on his day, I believe. do you think these candidates like Yang and Castro, who are having their star moment now are are gonna keep up, are gonna are gonna pull well enough to stay in this in this like, I guess, conversation about who can win? or do you think they're kind of fleeting moments for them and they're they're not sustainable?
1: Andrew Yang, man of mystery. Um,
0: right? I, uh, college students love him. <laughs>
1: they do. 11% said that uh, he's a candidate that they'd like to learn most about. And that was only trailing Kamala Harris by four percentage points. Uh, so he clearly got their attention, as did Julian Castro, um, mm-hmm. who was at 12, uh, 12% in that metric. Yeah. I mean, basically, right when the door was shutting on both of those candidates' um, prospects, right? They put their foot in the door and said, not so fast. Not sure if they're necessarily going to be able to prop the door all the way open and, and, and burst through um to keep that analogy going. But um essentially they're gonna to have to really seize upon any of the any of the momentum that they had last debate, next debate. So that means for Julian Castro, he obviously uh you know went at Bido um and really uh, and really made some noise in that regard. And for Andrew Yang, it seems like you're right, he didn't speak that much, but he was just sticking to that one issue, that universal basic income. He hit it home, might've been mechanical, but uh, he had a very clean message uh, and it seemed to cut through. So it seems like if both of those can really accentuate that strategy that you know, at least left an impression on people uh, in the last debate, if they can to take that up a notch, turn up the noise, uh, they should be able to to seize on the momentum that they had.
0: So basically, they need more video or social media-worthy moments in the upcoming debates?
1: That is probably, in, at least with the college demographic, I'll bet you that is exactly what would do well, right? In terms of how college students are accessing the debates, it seems like um, you know media clips and, uh, and post-debate write-ups seem to be one of the, the principal ways. So yeah, if they can break through... Uh, with some sort of viral moment, that doesn't necessarily stray from their identity. That's the key. They can't do something that's inauthentic. It has to be a natural extension of what it is uh, they do and who it is they are. If they can break through in some sort of pithy, um, efficient way that gets picked up by um, by national media, that should be a great way to, uh, to accelerate.
0: Or even by Twitter, I guess, if we're thinking about our, our demographic.
1: <laughs> that's such a good point. Twitter... I mean, freaking Snapchat, if people are actually sending around Snapchats with, like, Andrew Yang's head, you know, uh, through some sort of filter, like, oh, he's killing it. That'll work.
0: Thanks for that insight, Cyrus. You can find my interview with Cyrus in addition to more data from our poll on WBRU.com. In this episode of 20 Cubed, we are uncovering college students' voices and opinions surrounding the 2020 election. Today, we are discussing the first Democratic debate, and I am now joined by two sophomores in college, Seth and Gabby. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Let's do it. All right, let's jump in with our first question about what issues college students currently care about. (laughs) When we polled college students, we asked them a question, which was, what issue is most important to you in this Mm -hmm. upcoming election? And climate change was number one. And then second to that was economy. So I'm curious... As college students, what is the first thing you think of when you think of the buzzword economy?
2: Like, I'm thinking a lot about how, like, in my 20s, I'm probably going to be super financially unstable, and through my 30s, and it's going to probably take a lot longer
0: um, for that to to exist. Have you found a candidate who's kind of spoken to those anxieties? You can say no. I don't know. I just, I just fundamentally like do not know
2: what I believe everybody's platform is at this moment in time. And like this being my first time voting, I, I really don't know what to prioritize, to be honest.
3: Yeah, uh, for me, I'm way more attracted to someone like Pete Buttigieg because of the way that he operates and, and carries himself um, that I've seen in the debates and then, um, and, you know, in, in the work that he does and his role as, as mayor.
0: And what's like what specific work? are you thinking of
3: i don't even know if i could pinpoint something specifically but i'm just saying a way uh he operates is i know i would trust him in a number of situations whether you know he's dealing with congress or he's dealing with a foreign diplomat or there's you know uh, some sort of disaster that happens i think i would trust him in any one of those situations
0: so there was this moment Judge was asked a question about the recent shooting in South Bend, Indiana, and his response to it was very diplomatic. And he was just like, we didn't do enough. Right. Like, I didn't do enough. I can never I can never make up for what I didn't do, but then didn't actually name policies he was thinking about or implementing. He just apologized. Do you think that kind of take on mess ups or fuck ups like is the right one for these presidential candidates?
3: Even though Pete Buttigieg may have not gone to the extent that people wanted him to, I think recognizing where he went wrong is something that's really powerful in the political climate that we have, especially with the current president um, and his, you know, use of denial uh, like against his like accusations against him
0: and it almost feels like i don't know this like call in culture we have as like gen z millennials at college you own up when you do something wrong and you admit it versus like spinning it which i think is a big difference maybe in this age thing i think it's better than making excuses
2: and trying to rework a story so i'm i'm thinking also about when um, harris called out biden right. on his on his history and essentially said you're a racist yeah um and or she said i don't think you're racist but here's how you're, right. you're a racist yeah. um um but yeah i i'm thinking about that moment and how his response could have been stronger and i would agree that like if he had said you know i could have done this instead but his response is more so you're not understanding the full context
3: i feel like that's what i've seen the you know the current mm-hmm. government and that's what i've seen mm. in, in politics recently mm-hmm. whereas i'd like to see someone who's more honest and recognizes their mistakes and wants to learn from that and improve from mm-hmm. that
2: right i i also i also find accountability a really attractive thing in a candidate not only in that they are holding themselves accountable by saying, I did do this thing, I did fuck up, I should have done. But like that next step of I should have
0: done XYZ is also important right. and reflecting in it. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on a candidate like Jay Inslee who is running solely on climate change. I don't know shit about him. I'm gonna be so honest. And I think it goes back
2: to the, to the, like, how much airtime are people getting?
3: Can they beat Donald Trump? That's what I think about a lot. Is well, like, do you
0: think Andrew Yang can beat Donald Trump?
3: I, no, I do, I personally don't. <laughs> Even though I I talk about him and I like him, I, that I don't think at the end of the day that he would necessarily be in the position to be running against Donald Trump. So or, you
0: might not vote for him depending on what happens, or yeah,
3: I, I think I want to vote for the person who has the best chance at at winning. Um, and who,
0: do you know right now who you think that is?
3: Um, I think Pete Buttigieg is maybe one of those people uh why because
2: i don't see it that's why i'm asking
3: i think that in order to win this election the democratic candidate has to appeal to the greatest amount of people in order to like win that over and i think pete Buttigieg judge checks enough boxes as like as you know superficial as that sounds like I think it's more important to look at the future rather than be like, okay, this person supports this policy, this person, this person supports this policy. You know, They've done this in the past, they've done that in the past. I would rather just see a level-headed person as the U.S. president who can actually do positive things for American people.
0: So then but- what about someone like Elizabeth Warren, who's polling really well, who's level-headed, who is releasing policies every week, who's a woman, you know? Uh-
2: I mean, that's I, I think
0: I think Warren is perhaps
2: that person that we're talking about as I mean, I'm I'm thinking also about the age thing. If we're saying that we like younger candidates and they appeal to us more, like we're only a fraction of 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 the voter demographic. Um, And I don't know what fraction also because we have a lot of like discouraged voters, a lot of people who yeah. don't really feel like it matters whether they vote or, or even not, know how to vote. Or even know how to vote. Right. But um, I think Warren I think Warren kind of has a really, really big chance.
3: Yeah, I think in terms of like a candidate who has like a really realistic shot at uh, at at winning the presidency, I think she's definitely up there for me. Um, but yeah. still,
0: Buttigieg is above her. You think?
3: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'd if I'd say that. I think she is. So, I think she can compete with Donald Trump better than Pete Buttigieg could. That's I'm, that's how I see it.
2: I'm really curious about whether. If it came down to and this is definitely a question for the future, but I'm really curious about whether if it came down to Warren and Trump, if he
0: would be able to successfully use some of the same tactics that he used against Clinton, that's a big thing for people who don't know Warren is that she looks enough like Hillary Clinton <laughs> that she is Hillary Clinton and it's sexist, yeah, but it's true, yeah, yeah. right? Definitely.
2: yeah, like it's really a similar position for him to be able to put her in, I think and and i'm just I'm just really worried about, you know how that's going to impact everything
0: so do you think then it's safer or better to have someone like joe biden or sanders i really Mm. think it just has
2: to be a centrist democrat i really think it has to be somebody who can like cover all the bases so do you think biden they're safe biden is pretty safe man like biden is a really safe choice honestly and i don't want him that badly like i'm kind of indifferent about him but i think he's kind of the safest if not if not Warren.
0: So then as of right now. So then I'm curious, let's think about the way Biden responded to when Kamala attacked him. I I don't think he did that good of a job. And I think she actually did a really good job of attacking. So but what if it was someone like her up against Trump?
3: I Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. It it does seem safe to have Joe Biden running against Donald Trump because, you know, he has a realistic shot of beating him. But I do wonder if Kamala Harris was, you know, on the stage debating with him. If she could really, you know, fluster him and if that could change in people's minds. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I like to think that people have just like Donald Trump has lost credibility with a lot of people like he did spend time, you know, on the in his campaign and people were exposed to him that way. But that's, you know, how a, a year, a year and a half. And this has been the past four years.
0: Right. And I would want to agree with you. But in our poll, when we include Trump in candidate preference, he is polling number two after Biden. It's Biden, Trump, Sanders, and then some sort of co- combination of Warren, Buttigieg, Harris. So he is he's still up there. And I, I honestly
2: think like I'm I think that. People being let down by their candidates, although he literally campaigned on being like, "I will not let you down." People are used to it, and so I don't know how how bothered people are by the fact that he has let them down, and I don't know how much it is changing
0: their uh, changing their decisions. We're talking a lot about these candidates who you guys support, but might not necessarily be voting for, mm-hmm. um, as you know, first time voters, as college students, um, caring about the issues you care about what do you think these candidates that you like can do to actually get your vote in the in the primary
2: i i feel like it's i'm, I'm struggling because it's i feel like it's less about me and getting my vote and getting other people's vote if i'm a person voting for someone who's already only getting like five percent of the votes i'm i'm not really i don't really feel like i'm contributing
0: to my ultimate goal, which is to fucking get Trump Beat out Trump. of office. Um, so what do you think? There's a way that Andrew Yang can get your vote.
3: Yeah, possibly. I feel like it's it's so early, well, not so early in the game, but early enough that I just can't. I don't want to lock myself down on one person. At the same time, I think people are really like as we've seen from the poll with Trump being at two, and you know those you know those big three kind of maintaining their position. I think people are kind of locked into that, and. I, I foresee that being, like, I sti- like I don't but think Harris, is going to But Harris change.
0: is creeping
2: up. She's creeping up uh, in Iowa. I, I do think it takes a long time and a lot of work for people to
0: switch support enough that they would vote for that person. In our last poll from June, though, college students said that they cared about issues 72 more percent more than beating Trump. Are you surprised by that?
3: Um, No, I'm actually not no. surprised about that at all. It's like if you're in the store and you have, uh, you know, 20 different options you're gonna be more specific about uh you know the specifics of each one but if you have two options it makes things a little you know you can you can focus on uh you can get more in depth on those people and and make a more informed decision
2: Mm -hmm. once we have what two three winners something like that i think the focus will shift a little bit more
0: and i think the focus will keep shifting as we get into more and more debates and the the, just the field narrows down. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Check back for our next episode where we conduct a poll after the Democratic debate on July 30th and discuss how and if the youngest voting population was swayed. For more on this specific poll, check out WBRU.com and make sure to follow our Instagram at IAMBRU and on Twitter at WBRU. See you next time. We want to hear from you. If you're a college student or Gen Zer from anywhere in the USA with audio content that you want to be featured on this podcast, reach out to us. Email bookings at WBRU for more info.